Hey, I'm Kelly Hausman. I'm a licensed therapist and a mom, and I'm trying to figure out this whole life thing right alongside you. I'm taking my unique approach to therapy, where we laugh a lot, we cry a lot, we talk about anything and everything, right from my couch to your car, or wherever you might be listening from. Hey, no appointment or copay is required. We're gonna have some experts in their fields giving us advice about how they got to where they are, the lessons they've learned along the way, and things that we can all add to our lives to make it more enriched. My goal is to help you to get advice, to be inspired, and get a much needed break from reality. So take a seat, your session is about to begin. Welcome to this week's episode of Kelly's Reality. Today, we have an amazing woman, Minda Parker, with us. This hits really close to home for me because Minda is a AVM rupture aneurysm survivor, and she had a near-death experience last year, and she's going to tell us her story of, of what exactly happened, how she got through it, and what happened as a result of that. She's kind of pivoted her life direction and... Uh, gone gone a different way now and learned a lot from this. So I'm hoping that the audience can learn and be inspired from you. I know they will. I have seen a couple of your YouTube videos and your website, and it's just incredible, your story. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, my story is a lot like other AVM survivors that I've come to meet and we have a lot of similarities. So mm -hmm. um, essentially it started with a normal day and the normal day went to the worst possible headache I've ever had in my entire life. And that escalated even further until we got to the point where I ended up having brain surgery and and having an AVM removed. So there was just a lot that happened, but um, it started off with a headache, a simple headache. And um, from there, it I, I lost a uh, feeling in my legs. Mm. Um, I started vomiting. So for me, the one of the biggest signs was that because I don't, I'm not, the, I will try my best to suppress it if I can possibly, I don't think anyone enjoys vomiting so i knew that I'm right with you i am actually i have a phobia of vomiting so i'm right there with you <laughs> yeah so i actually had um hyperemesis oh. um and it was during my pregnancy i had twins so if anyone else has had hg you know exactly what that feels like so for me any point of vomiting it was like i knew something was really wrong um and so once i lost feeling in my legs i went to go stand up and i couldn't walk and I fell to the floor and um, I was actually hanging out with my best friend and, and I was at their house and um, it was early. It was in the morning, like normal Saturday morning, you wake up and you want to have breakfast and do fun stuff. And it didn't happen that way. So next thing I knew, um, I was telling my friend, I don't want to die. Call 911 or, call, you know, call for help. And the weird part about it was at the time it wasn't coming out right. Um, when you have something like this happen, a lot of times um, your speech is slurred. Uh, with AVM ruptures and stroke patients, your speech is slurred. So I thought I was speaking clearly and I'm wondering why my friend looked so confused with me trying to like yell this, like get help. And it didn't, what didn't come out that way. So eventually the paramedics showed up. Um, surprisingly, I found out after the fact that one of the paramedics thought I was attempting to get attention 
and thought it was some kind of like joke or something. And then it ultimately ended up, we got to the emergency room. I actually remember hearing the doctors working on me and um, I couldn't see anything at that point. I just, I think consciousness as far as seeing anything was just, it was gone. But um, I didn't realize I had been there for four days before I actually had surgery. Um, They had to do a shunt and um, put the drain in so that, you know, the pressure relieved the the pressure from the fluids Mm -hmm. and the blood in my brain. And then um, they were able to do the surgery after that happened. And um, they did the resection. I had a wonderful surgeon, Dr. Wilson P. Doherty in Norfolk, Virginia. He's amazing. And um, I, I feel really blessed because he specializes in so many different areas. And I just... I, I'm like, out of all the people I could have gotten, it's just like, I got this five-star neurosurgeon and I was like, thank you, God. (laughs) And I ended up surviving it. I just know a lot of people don't. And, um, yeah, I ended up surviving it. So I had surgery and here I am. (laughs) And like you said, a lot of people with aneurysms, they don't survive. And I think there's been a recent celebrity death, right? There's been several. Um, I know there was an actor from, I believe it was Grey's Anatomy, um, that passed away. Um, there was a, uh, the singer, one of the singers from like, I believe the first season of Amer- American Idol, um, she passed away. And um, I know Dr. Dre had uh, an aneurysm. Um, and it's just, I'm, it's weird. Cause it's like, it happened to me, but I feel like I'm seeing it more, but the thing is it happens, but yeah. it's rare. I feel like, because a lot of times people don't know until after what happened. And I, yeah. I was glad it wasn't an autopsy that discovered what was wrong with me. Now, for people out there kind of freaking out, uh, what are some of the warning signs of aneurysms that people should be watching out for? I know you mentioned worst headache of your life. Um, that's always, I, I, I'm actually married to a neurosurgeon. And so he always says, you know, if it's the worst headache of your life, that's really the, a big sign. Uh, what else should people be watching out for? Um, definitely if you have any, um, slurred speech, any vomiting, anything, anything that really feels out of the norm for you. Like for me, it wasn't a normal headache. Like I've had the weird part about it is over time I'd had migraines. I've had migraines since I was like in my Mm twenties and I'm really interested in the research part of it because I wonder if any of the, any of the things I went through in my, you know, younger years were signs that maybe this was growing or this was there um i don't know but i do know that you know the the things that were happening in the moment were nothing i've never had that happen before it was unusual i'm i've always been pretty athletic and um worked out and stuff like that so for me to not be able to get up and just walk or do normal stuff that's not that's not normal so I encourage people, something like that happens, get to where you can get scanned. Mm-hmm. Angiograms are your best friend. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was crazy. Oh my gosh. And like you said, just don't ignore it. I think people tend to think with any medical ailment, oh, if I just ignore it, it will go away. But then, I mean, if you catch really anything, if you catch early, whether it's an aneurysm or a cancer diagnosis or even, you know, some other kind of illness, most of the time, if you catch something early, that can truly save your life. It it can. And I know that some, from what I'm hearing from other survivors is they didn't even 
um, they weren't even seen by a, a doctor like right away or they weren't taken seriously. They were like, I've had, I had, they were telling their doctor, I have a headache and they're taking it as like, that's a normal headache. Oh, that's, you'll be fine. And then it ends up being this. And you're like, what in the world? Like, why didn't anybody look like go look? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And I can't imagine what was going through your head during all of this. What, what was your state of mind? Like, honestly, I just remember just panic. I was in panic mode and it's the least amount of control I think I've ever had. And I just didn't, I couldn't say anything. It was like, there was nobody to advocate for me, except for the fact that I had someone with me when it happened. I'm just thinking like, what would have happened if I was on by myself at home or asleep or what? Mm-hmm. But um, I just was, I was in panic mode, but I just said, I don't want to die. And I feel like that was something that was super key was just like, I don't want to die. Like, mm-hmm. get me help. And I'm sure you were a mother of two young children too. So I can't imagine what that was like for you as well. Yeah, it's crazy because in the moment you you think as humans, we're like, yeah, something like that happened. My natural mode is to go in to think about all my loved ones and everything that, you know, all of that. There's no time. You have no time. You literally like everything happens so fast. So there was no time for me to really even think about it. That's why I cherish every moment with my kids because that happened so fast, I couldn't control anything. And if I died, I wouldn't have been able to see them, let them know what I was thinking, let a doctor know what was happening. To, like nothing, you have no control. Ugh. And what I loved about uh, how your attitude has kind of changed over this. You say, you know, forget the small stuff, really enjoy the moment. And how has your attitude or outlook on life changed since you survived an aneurysm rupture? Honestly, everything has changed. I mean, I feel like just there's so many different things, but my gratitude levels are through the roof um, daily. Like the little things that used to bother me, things that even things like when it comes to dealing with my children, because when I you have, I have two six-year-olds, life can get a little intense and, um, you know, I'm still recovering. You know, a lot of people don't, you know, and haven't realized I've, I'm just a year out of this. So um, where most people are still kind of, it, the physical symptoms kind of still show or the physical remnants of it still show. A lot of people look at me and like, oh, she's fine. And I'm like, you don't understand what happens underneath all of this. So I say definitely um, the time I spend with my kids is priceless. I don't care if the dishes are done right this minute. I don't care if the house is a hot mess. Um, it's just in the mo- staying in the moment and my gratitude levels are just through the roof because I'm, I'm just so thankful to God that I have a second chance at life because so many people just don't. Mm-hmm. And what a beautiful way to live life, I think, too. I almost wish... Not that I wish everyone to go through an experience like you did, but to have that appreciation for life. And like you said, I don't really sweat the small stuff anymore. And you're so appreciative. I'm sure every time, and I'm a mom of two little ones too, so I get it. Uh, but I'm sure every time you get to hug them or just breathe the fresh air outside, it's it's a renewed just appreciation for being alive. And I don't think a lot of people have that. And I wish wish we all did. Yeah, it took me like, honestly, like, because I'm, I'm such an independent person and I just having to be humbled to the point of having other people do everything for you. When I was in the hospital, that was the, um, that was the most put, 
put me in my place down to earth. I can prob probably ever be, mm -hmm. um, you know, as an adult, we think we take, we take things advantage, you know, take advantage of things and we take things for granted. Like, you know, just taking a shower by yourself or, you know, getting, being able to walk, you know, a few short steps to, or to tie your shoes or to have coordination in both hands. This ultimately changed everything. Like I'm a right-handed person mm -hmm. and by, you know, my natural, I'm naturally right-handed, but my left hand has taken over since all of this happened because um, my brain bleed was on the left. So it affected my right side coordination and balance and everything. So I actually had to learn how to, when I learned how to rewalk and talk and all this, I had to do everything with my left hand initially. So you don't, you take these little things for granted and I, I definitely will not ever again. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, that's such just a beautiful way to, to not take anything for granted because I think again, you know, we don't like thinking about death and dying. It's, it's, it's morbid, it's scary, but I think too, a lot of people live life, like it's going to last forever and you are proof that, you know, it, it doesn't, it, you, you're, things could be gone in a second. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. And I just, I love your attitude of just, you know, being grateful and, and present and not, not sweating the small stuff. So I love that. Again, I'm sorry that it took such a horrific incident, but I, I think it's a beautiful way to live life. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I just feel like, um, you know, we we just do so much. We do so much running around and, and, you know, just not appreciating those small moments. But when something like this sits you down, you have no choice but to look at life differently. For sure. And maybe look at looking at business differently too, because shortly after your recovery, and I think you have the shirt on as well. So tell us a little bit about um, what what business did you create, and how did that come about? So um, my company is God is my glow up, and it's GodIsMyGlowUp.com. Um, strictly just comfortable t-shirt hoodies, the, the normal apparel, the stuff I like to, as a mom, I like to just run out of the house with. I don't really get overly dressed up when I'm trying to run around. I actually coached, I'm grateful. I actually coached my daughter's basketball team this year. Uh, she just, her season uh, is ending, I guess, in a couple, couple of days. So I like to throw on, you know, something comfortable and cozy and it was cold. And so I was kind of questioning, like, am I going to really like my hoodies? And they actually are super warm. So I'm glad I have like a ton of them. And um, I know a lot of people, um, you know, I grew up initially in California and my neighborhood was Mexican. And a lot of my friends when I was growing up spoke Spanish. So I uh, we kind of have a few uh, pieces that uh, we've got some Spanish and uh you know, they're cozy, they're comfy. So I enjoy it. I love it. And what's the meaning behind God is my glow up for people who might be like, what does that mean? Well, honestly, it, it, it kind of speaks for itself. I mean, I have come a long way in my journey, um, both with my faith and just, um, just my, my, my mental health, my physical health, everything has just drastically changed, but everything has changed for the better and it's worked out for my good. Um, so, you know, if there is one little like thing, um, Jeremiah 29, 11, it's, you know, for, I know the plans I have for you and they're for good to prosper you and not for evil. So I'm, I'm feeling great these days. I feel like I'm better mentally than I've ever been. I know a lot of people are kind of searching for peace in the midst of this pandemic and all that's going on. And a lot of times people are like, how are you still 
happy? How are you glowing? How are you still? And I'm like, God is my glow up. It's my reasons. And I'm still here. I'm alive to tell my story. So I have nothing else but to be grateful. Oh, I love it. And, and so beautiful. And and you had said, you know, you're, you're in a pretty good place with your own mental and physical health. How do you keep your mental health and your outlook so positive? Um, I feel like, you know, we're so busy all the time and we're always trying to get to that next big thing in our lives. It's something mm-hmm. that by human nature, we, I think we just naturally do. We're like, we might be grateful or happy for with what we have, mm-hmm. but it's like, okay, well, what's next? And yeah. what's the next step? And what's the next tier? And what, and it's just kind of like, I see God in what I already have. Mm-hmm. So I don't need anything else. And as things have gone on and progressed, you know, just things get better and better by the day. I get a little more feeling on my right side or um, like I get to see my kids play sports or play games and enjoy the stuff that they like to do. I get to work out now. You know, it's a lot of things that I took for granted that I, I'm I'm happy with. And I'm great. I'm, I'm feeling a lot more at peace these days. Yeah. And I know you do a lot of advocacy as well for AVM, for aneurysm, uh, for invisible illness. So um, has that brought you joy as well to advocate for for something that maybe, did you even know what this was before it happened to you? I had no idea. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the the fact that it it happened to me, I'm actually, that's another reason why I'm grateful because it sheds a light on um, these issues and these illnesses, a lot of the, you know, rare illnesses. And it's weird to say rare because I'm starting to realize there's this whole huge community, but um, I just love supporting the cause. And, you know, there's causes that are, you know, even as low as a dollar, $2 a month that you can support um, for AVM research. And, um, you know, uh, I've had a couple of friends that have done the, uh, like some Strava um, groups to get together for, you know, to raise money um, for research. So I know there's like TAF is out there, um, like the uh, AVM and Aneurysm Foundations. You've got, um, they've got Stop the Pop. There's just so many ways that you can help people. And I want people to know, like, if you're looking for something, you know, a lot of times we get so selfish and in the pandemic, we're like kind of worried about ourselves. But then we think you're like, how can I do something good for humanity? And how can I help other people? This is one of the ways you can help. Like, look at some of these causes that are like, not seen or being ignored and, you know, advocate. It could be simple as sharing a post or something like that. But, you know, there's causes you don't have to spend a lot of money to support. You can, you know, share what, you know, share what, give what you have. And it goes a long way. So for sure. Yes. And like you said, some of the more popular ones, it's easier for the funding, but there are. And that's why, yes, yeah, some people don't even know. The only reason I knew of it, again, because I'm married to a neurosurgeon. So I feel like I hear this. I could probably do uh, a surgery in my sleep at this point because I've absorbed so much info. Um, but yeah, and I love that, again, you've turned your life into into your new your new company and to advocating and, and helping others. And um yeah, it's just amazing. And you have such an incredible story. And what's the best life advice or mantra or quote or, you know, even Bible verse that you really like to live your life by? Um, well, as I said, Jeremiah 29, 11, I, you guys can look that up for yourselves. And a lot of times people get really frustrated because the Bible can be kind of like wordy and like weird sometimes. Mm-hmm. So the CEV version is very plain English and it will explain it to you. Um, but I will definitely say um, my therapist and I am 
truly a believer in therapy. You can you can go to believe, you know, have your beliefs in a lot of different things, mm-hmm. but therapy is very helpful and it was an integral part of my recovery. But um, she simply said, give yourself some grace. Her name's Renata Jameson. And she said, give yourself some grace. Yeah. So that meant the world to me because I beat myself up all the time. And if you have any type of um, anxieties or any sort of issues at all, it's, we beat ourselves up. And so it's like, give yourself a break, mm-hmm. you know? I love that. And as a therapist, I love that you're talking about therapy. This is amazing. And I say that all the time too. And I'm trying to really give myself grace. Cause like you said, we are, we're always beating ourselves up. We're our own worst critics. And I think society also places this bar so high, especially as mothers, you not only have to be the perfect mom, your kids have to look perfect. You know, if you're working, you have to be a full-time, you know, employee and a mom and your house has to be perfect and your it's like this impossible standard of perfection and I love that you say just give yourself some grace I always say just be good enough and that's okay it's okay to be good enough you don't have to be you know super woman or super mom that doesn't exist anyway I mean I don't think I know any perfect people do you <laughs> at all <laughs> and I mean if you ask my kids kids are really funny at this age if you ask um, kids Hey, what's something mom you don't, that mom does that you don't like? They'll come up with a list that's pretty hilarious. <laughs> like, okay, I'm back to reality. I, I, I'm flawed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, um, I'm so glad I got to talk to you today. And if, if people are more interested, if they want to follow you or um, purchase some of your clothing, where can they find all of that? Okay, well, you can find me at godismyglowup.com. Uh, and I'm also on Instagram. It's Gimgu page. So it's G-I-M-G-U. P-A-G-E. And I believe I'm, that's the same name on Twitter. So I'm a little bit of, I'm kind of all over, but um, I'm also on YouTube. You can look me up Minda Parker and probably AVM or something like that. (laughs) Your, your um, website or your Instagram, at least, I think you have links to different um, interviews you've done and advocacy. If people want to find out more about some of these organizations as well, right? Yes. My link tree is on my Instagram. So if you go to Gimgu page on, on Instagram, then you'll get all the links. There's a bunch of ways you can support um, a lot of org- great organizations that work for ABM survivors like me. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for chatting. And again, check out her clothing line, check her out. And if you're interested in yeah, hearing about what the heck an AVM is and how it happens, um, maybe donating some money to one of these worthy organizations, um, she's living proof that you can you can survive this and, and thrive on the other side too. So Minda, thank you so much for talking to me today and everyone go check her out. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Thank you for joining me on this latest episode of Kelly's Reality. If you can't wait until our next session, you can find more information, articles, and advice on my blog at kellysreality.com. I'm also located on social media at the same handles. Now get off my couch, go home, and I'll see you at the next appointment.